From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. A new elective at Upstate Medical University teaches medical students about how food affects our health. It's called Food is Medicine, and here to talk with me about it is uh, Natalie Antosh. She's a fourth-year medical student. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you for having me. So how did this elective come to be? Um, yeah, so this elective came to be because, uh, so I'm a fourth year medical student now, and uh, kind of as I was going through my first three years of medical school, I kept on wondering when I was going to learn about the practical implications of nutrition on patients' health. Um, didn't feel like I really had a strong base in it going into my clinical year, um, and then as patients kind of started asking me questions about how they can lose weight and how they can affect uh, how they can decrease their cholesterol through their diet as opposed to just taking medications. I realized I didn't have the answers for them, so I approached the curriculum office here at Upstate and uh, we worked together to create this elective. So it's an elective in place now for, yeah. for uh, medical students to yeah. take? So it's for first, second, and fourth year medical students because third year students just don't really have the time in their schedule. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what's included in the course? Is it does it focus? Is it like a nutrition course that a registered dietitian might take? Or yeah, so we basically um, got together with some faculty here at Upstate. So originally, um, I was working with Dr. Beth Nelson, uh, Dr. Barbara Forestein, and Dr. Susan Levinson as well, who are all um, Upstate faculty. And then we also collaborated with Dr. Kay Bruning over at um, Syracuse University's nutrition department. Uh, and she focuses on medical nutrition. Um, and so basically we created a series of online lectures um, looking at the implications of nutrition on things like diabetes, obesity, um, cancer, pediatrics and pregnancy, food insecurity, and recorded it, had faculty members um, record these lectures. And then we also did some uh, like hands-on activities like volunteering at a food bank, or the food pantry, or soup kitchen, shadowing a dietitian, so we get to see what a dietitian's role is um, in the healthcare system as well. Um, we did a teaching kitchen over at Syracuse University, where students got to uh, learn how to cook healthy and affordable meals. Um, and we also did like um, a session on motivational interviewing, and we ended the the elective with a potluck and some uh, mindful eating uh, going along with it. So that was pretty cool. Is it a popular elective? So we had enough spots. um, We had to get funding for the teaching kitchen, and so we were able to fund enough uh, for 20 students. And so the course started this fall, this September, and ended just a couple weeks ago. And within 24 hours, all 20 spots filled up. So pretty popular. (laughs) Well, um, besides it being something that students are interested in, why does a course like this belong in medical school? Yeah, so a lot of um, patients come to their doctor seeking nutrition information. A lot of people are looking how they can lose weight effectively, um, how they can manage their high blood pressure, diabetes, um, high cholesterol with diet modification. And I think it's really important for doctors to know this information um, so that they can give their patients some uh, preliminary information before going to see a dietitian if they need to. Um, insurance doesn't always cover people to see a dietitian. So for example, it's difficult for somebody who's labeled as pre-diabetic to have insurance cover um, a dietitian visit. 
and they, their insurance doesn't cover it until they officially are labeled as diabetic, at which point it's kind of, it's not too late, but if you catch them in pre-diabetes, if you switch um, their diet, they might be able to prevent becoming diabetic to begin wow. with. So more preventive. Yeah. Do, do you know, do a lot of medical schools offer courses like this? So unfortunately not uh, too many. So only less than 20% of medical schools in the country have a required nutrition course at their school. Um, and most schools struggle to have uh, like a minimum of 20 hours of nutrition curriculum within their medical schools. So unfortunately, it's, uh, it's definitely lacking within our med school curriculums throughout the country. Um, but I think that there's becoming a lot more press on it and that people are starting to realize its importance. Well, in terms of doctor-patient interaction, what are the types of diseases? I mean, I guess weight loss comes to mind as something where if a patient had, you know, wanted to lose weight, maybe they would turn to the doctor and ask about what types of things they should be eating. What other health issues would um, be affected by food? So really a lot of things can be affected by food. Um, we know that di- um, diabetes is heavily affected by what you eat. Um, so looking into that, as well as high blood pressure, we know that the DASH diet has been um, is an evidence-based diet that helps people lower their blood pressure um, significantly without even any medications. So remind us, what is the DASH diet? That stands for something, right? Yeah, so that stands for the Dietary Approach Stopping Hypertension. Okay. Yeah, so um, basically if people are able to change their diet in a particular way, um, we know that it can decrease their blood pressure, I think, by like 8 to 14 um, like blood pressure points, which is pretty significant. So it can have a big impact on, in that. Mm-hmm. So diabetes, um, obesity, there's other chronic diseases that can be managed at least somewhat with food-based. Yeah, so we also know that um, the Mediterranean diet is very evidence-based um, to help decrease cardiovascular uh, risk factors as well. Um and also, we know that a lot of foods can be like pro-inflammatory, um, so a lot of autoimmune diseases can be uh, implicated as well with that. So it's one thing to be able to say, you know, oh, follow the DASH diet or the Mediterranean diet, but it's another to be able to explain what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. What, what are you going to be eating more of? What are you going to be eating less of, mm-hmm. right? Eating a lot more veggies. <laughs> Let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking about a medical school course called Food is Medicine with fourth-year Upstate medical student Natalie Antosh. So what is food insecurity? So food insecurity um, is basically not having access to healthy foods or food in general, um, enough to feed you and your family. Um, And so we see this time and time again with a lot of our patients here um, within the Syracuse community. Um, We know that the inner city of Syracuse is uh, a very big food desert, and a lot of people don't have access to healthy foods within the community. Um, And in fact, a lot of medical students here at Upstate struggle with food insecurity as well. Um, And so that's something we also touched on in the um, course is talking about what, uh, how people in Syracuse struggle with food insecurity, how the Central New York Food Bank um, helps with that problem as well, and what role physicians can play in that as well. 
So it's more than just you may have a patient who wants to eat right but doesn't have the means to either they don't have the money or they live in an area that doesn't have a grocery store that they can access. Right, or they can't, they have to travel really far and don't have a car and have to take multiple buses to get to the grocery store, or they work multiple jobs and have children and have to worry about childcare and can't take the time to go necessarily travel all that way. And so physicians need to know that. That's like a part of their social history, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's definitely something we learn about in regards to, um, you know, when you prescribe somebody a medication. There's more than just whether they want to take it or not. Can they afford it? Can they uh, get to a pharmacy in order to pick up the medication? But we don't always touch on the fact that food can be a very similar thing that somebody might not be able to access in itself. Um, And then not being able to access those healthy foods already predisposes people to a lot of these chronic metabolic diseases like obesity and hypertension, diabetes. I hear complaints that there's not enough time as it is during a patient appointment you know, for physicians to, to get to everything they want to get to, how are they going to fit in a conversation about nutrition? Yeah, so I think it's definitely a challenging thing to bring up, but also an important thing. Um, it's definitely true that physicians are limited to a certain amount of time, um, but I think that incorporating it in a way that either um, the nurses or medical assistants are able to screen people for um, food insecurity or food-related issues um, can definitely be helpful Um, and also just trying to prioritize it and also having some um, like literature available for people so that you can bring up the topic and bring up its importance and then have some information on how patients um, can go about making these changes so that they have it uh, to read at home as well I think can be useful. How important do you think it is for patients to be able to cook? Yeah, so we know that um, in regards to sodium intake, like 60% at least of sodium intake comes from processed um, foods and restaurant uh, cooked foods. So a lot less of it is really coming from the salt you add from cooking at home. Um, And so many people really struggle with high blood pressure, which is uh, your sodium intake directly impacts that. So I think that it's really important for people to take the time to cook if they're able to um, and really have control over what they're putting into their bodies um, because it has a huge impact on their health in general. Of course, it's difficult to take the time to cook, um, but things like crock pots and slow cookers uh, definitely can be helpful so that you don't have to take so much time out of your day or meal prepping at the beginning of the week. Is there a need for um, specialty doctors or surgeons to be concerned with a patient's diet Or is this the type of thing that would come up in a primary care visit? I think it's uh, definitely relevant to everybody. It is especially relevant to primary care in regards to things like obesity and diabetes, hypertension. Um, But those things can also really uh, have an effect on everybody um, and all specialties. Um, For example, if somebody's a gastroenterologist um, and they have a patient with ulcerative colitis, their patient's diet is definitely going to have an impact on their inflammatory bowel disease. Um, In regards to surgeons, we know that depending on somebody's diet, they can heal faster um, from a surgery or from um, things like that. So it is relevant. I think in the hospital, though, a lot of dietitians uh, on the surgical units are helping patients eat appropriately for, um, for appropriate healing. So... 
Well, after helping design this course and taking this course yourself, um, have you learned anything? Oh, yeah, I've learned a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I created this course because I really wanted to learn a lot, and I, I talked to a lot of students. I actually sent out a, uh, like a needs assessment survey through the different Facebook groups um, of all the medical school classes, and 100 students responded, and overwhelmingly students were saying that they felt that their nutrition education uh, was lacking, um, and they felt it was inadequate and that they would be interested in taking a course like this uh, to learn more about it. So, yeah, I've definitely learned a ton from taking this course. <laughs> uh, high school, you know, health class might touch on nutrition a little bit. And then you go to college and you may not learn anything that has anything to do with nutrition in college, depending on what track you're on. Mm -hmm. So you're right. Probably a lot of people come into medical school with not a whole lot of background other yeah. than they've been eating their whole life. Yeah, but absolutely. Were you uh, yourself confident in the kitchen before taking this class? Did you do you feel like you were making good choices um, with what you ate? And yeah, so I personally find cooking to be very relaxing. So it was uh, something that I did throughout medical school to kind of help me uh, relax after or take a break from studying and things like that. So for me, uh, I just really love food, uh, and I really like to cook. Um, so personally, yes, but I know that that's not always a common thing among medical students and that a lot of people don't have the same sentiment and don't find it relaxing and have difficulty finding the time to, to do it. Um, so it's definitely a skill that I learned, um, and that I learned to enjoy. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Yeah. Thank you to Natalie Antosh. She's a fourth year medical student at Upstate Medical University. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.